Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to a very special 365th episode of Awards Chatter, the Hollywood Reporter's Awards podcast. I'm the host, Scott Feinberg, and my guest today is not only a terrific actress, but also a cinema giant, a goddess of the silver screen, and the last major female star from Hollywood's golden age who is still with us. Indeed, back in 1999, when the American Film Institute conducted an industry-wide survey to determine Hollywood's 25 greatest female screen legends, limiting eligibility to people whose career began in or before 1950, this Italian-born actress earned a spot on the list alongside the likes of Katherine Hepburn, Betty Davis, Audrey Hepburn, Ingrid Bergman, Greta Garbo, Marilyn Monroe, Elizabeth Taylor, and Judy Garland. And today is the list's sole survivor. Over the course of a career that began some 70 years ago, she made her name in Italian-language films shot in Italy, in English-language films shot in Europe, and in Hollywood, where she became, in the words of the New York Times, quote, a symbol of Italy to generations of moviegoers, close quote, and widely regarded as one of the most beautiful and glamorous women in the world. A New York Times review of an early film in which she appeared read, quote, Our advice to all non-Italian speakers who go to see this picture is forget the subtitles, forget the story, they're unimportant. Just watch the dame, close quote. Another volunteered, quote, Miss Loren is a monument to her sex, and the mere opportunity to observe her is a privilege not to be dismissed, close quote. A lot of people apparently agreed, because according to the Motion Picture Herald survey of film exhibitors, she was one of the 10 biggest box office attractions stateside in 1960, 1961, and 1962, topping the list in 1960. And in 1962, after leaving Hollywood to return to Italy and star in the Italian-language movie Two Women, she became, for that film, the first person ever to win an Oscar for a performance in a language other than English, something only four other people, male or female, have done over the ensuing 60 years. Ever since then, she has been regarded as not just a great beauty, but also one of our greatest actresses, racking up strong notices and nominations for numerous other films across the decades. Her illustrious career has been recognized with lifetime achievement accolades, like an honorary Oscar at the Academy Awards Ceremony in 1991, for, quote, a career rich with memorable performances that has added permanent luster to our art form, close quote. 
and the Cecil B. DeMille Award at the Golden Globe Ceremony in 1995. But she is not done yet. This year, she returned to the screen, 11 years since her most recent feature film role and 16 years since the most recent film in which she starred, as the lead of The Life Ahead, an Italian-language drama directed by Eduardo Ponti, the second of her two children with the late great Italian producer Carlo Ponti, playing a Holocaust survivor and former prostitute who strikes up an unlikely friendship with a young Senegalese boy entrusted to her care. The film, which is being streamed around the world by Netflix, has been very warmly received by critics, clocking in at 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it has brought its star some of the most glowing reviews of her career as well. Case in point, the New York Times wrote, quote, At 86, a movie star since her teenage years, she has nothing left to prove, but she still has everything that has made her the reigning icon of Italian cinema for so long. She is as majestic as ever, but also essentially and passionately populist, a screen goddess whose domain has always been the world of mere mortals, closed quote. All of this, of course, is referring to Sophia Loren. Over the course of our conversation, me from Los Angeles and she from her home in Geneva, we discussed her difficult early years as an illegitimate child born in a Roman charity ward and raised by her mother and grandmother, the most important relationships of her life, including those with the aforementioned Carlo Ponti, her husband, father figure, and career architect, as well as the director Vittorio De Sica and co-stars Marcello Mastriani and Cary Grant, the films for which she is best known and of which she is most proud, including The Life Ahead, and what it was like being directed in that film by her son, plus much more. But first, I was joined for our opening segment by the son in question, Eduardo Ponti, a talented filmmaker in his own right who has made several well-regarded features and shorts prior to The Life Ahead, including the 2002 feature Between Strangers and the 2014 short Human Voice, which also starred his beloved mother. Eduardo, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Great to have you. Congratulations on the movie. Um, before we dive into the movie, I want to just kind of talk about the fact that you have had a pretty interesting life. I've gone back and done my homework, and from literally the minute you were born, you yourself were international news. I, I'm reading people knew your uh, your weight, the fact that you were a C-section. I mean, it's it's been an interesting ride, I would think, right? <laughs> no, can I tell you something, Scott? My brother was international news. I was national news. <laughs> Second is less because uh, dramatic. My, because it was yeah. a big deal. You know, my mother had miscarried more than once, unfortunately. And when my, when my brother was born, it was a very big deal. When I was born, it wasn't breaking news anymore. It was just news. <laughs> well, she did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, so talk about, uh, I know this is probably a, a question you get all the time, but when did you first realize that your mother was not like everyone else's mother? Uh, well, you know, for me to answer that question, I would have to have a parallel existence where my mother was like everybody else, so I could compare. <laughs> so it is, it is, it is almost impossible for me to answer in a way. But, but, but what I can tell you is that uh, both my parents made their utmost efforts to raise us in a way that was as 
grounded as possible. You know, they never invited Hollywood into our lives. You know, there are certain people whose identities are so inextricably uh, connected to Hollywood that they are defined by it. My mm -hmm. parents have never been defined by their success, essentially, right? The approval mm -hmm. of others. They've been defined by their craft. They've been defined by the stories they tell. And in the case of my mother, the character she inhabits. But really, she's been also, even more importantly, defined by what she wanted most, coming back to your very first question, mm -hmm. which is having children and being right. a mother. And so I was raised by those, you know, that kind of parenting. Um, now, yeah. everyone knows everything about your mother. A lot of people know something about your father. But I want to just ask you, if, if there's one thing they know, it's that there was this unusual age gap, 22 years almost between them. And everyone says, you know, how does that work? And what does that mean? And all of that. You are one of the a uh, small handful of people who are an expert who can answer that question. And obviously, when I speak with your mother, I'm going to ask her why she was drawn to her, your father. But I wonder from your point of view, uh, why did that work? And it worked for a very long time. Mm. Why does love happen? Why does love work? It's chemistry. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's finding a person who is not only a person that you are obviously attracted to for emotional reasons, but also somebody who's a partner in your life, somebody that you can build something with, you know? And uh, together they built a beautiful life. They had common, you know, uh, interests and uh, professional interests and life interests, you know? And the most important thing, I think, what makes a marriage successful is uh, if you're lucky enough, because you have no idea until a few years into the marriage, if you did the right thing, let's face it, we all are thinking that, you know, pre I do, we know exactly. No, it's post I do that we really know whether we did the right thing. And, and, you know, and, 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 and what's really important is that you can grow together. And the secret of my parents is, is in my opinion, my mother will say maybe completely a different thing is that they grew together. Their interests mm -hmm. grew together. Mm -hmm. And that's what kept their their friendship, their relationship, their love uh, alive. So you have these two creative film industry parents. And I wondered, do they say to their two sons as they're growing up, do they encourage or discourage them from following in their footsteps into this business, which has, you know, it's a tricky business. They say nothing. Because, Nothing, because okay. they're smart and because they understand <laughs> that uh, the way to truly get into the business is to forge your own path into the business. Uh, the path is what makes you unique into the business. The path is how you express your personality, your sensibility, and how you can convince others that your sensibility is worth investing some money in to make a movie. And nobody mm -hmm. can, can, can create that path for you. The path has to be created by the force of your own conviction into what you feel. And uh, so they were smart enough to, um, let's say, uh, respect our passions, but never find a way to, to make that road easier for us or harder for us for that matter, sure. but let it kind of sure. be. So Carlo Ponti, a great producer, Sophia Loren, a great actress, and then son number two, Eduardo, ends up going to USC 
to study directing. Did that surprise them? Did it surprise you? What what set you on that path? I remember my brother, who's a who's a, a orchestra conductor, but his uh, his uh, main mastery is in the piano. And I remember him playing piano in our living room in Paris. And I would sit next to him on the floor and I would create scenes with my Legos to the score of his piano playing. I was four, you know, he was, you know, he was eight, I was four. So telling stories, you know, sometimes I would even go in my room and I would change the lighting scheme because I found a certain lighting scheme a little bit more attractive to the atmosphere of the room. Uh, you are who you are. You can either deny it because, uh, you know, your parents did that. So God forbid I follow in my parents' footsteps or you cannot deny it. You completely embrace it because you can't help it. And then you do this job as well. And so was going to USC at that time, I guess your family was living in the United States? Uh, Well, no, never really. No, they were mostly in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. In Europe. And, uh, And people kind of so closely associate Uh, your family with Italy, but actually since the time you were born, even it's primarily been where I'm talking to you now, right? Geneva. In this this home, in this home, in this home. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And so as you left film school and went out into the world to make movies, you had a, uh, in a sense, a, 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 you could have had, if you had enough feet, you could have had a foot in American cinema, Italian cinema, Swiss cinema. How did you decide where to uh, kind of base yourself and what language to work in and and all of that. You don't decide. You decide where the work is. You decide where the offers are. You decide where where people, uh, you know, uh, allow you to to tell the stories that you want to tell. So my career has been, you know, rather, rather international in Canada and some in America and of course in Italy, you know, I mean, uh, you know, and I and I want to be a director that works in all of these, uh, not only countries, but in all these languages. You know, I, I'm, uh, you know, I did the two movies in, uh, in Italian. I'm, uh, I, I did one in English. I, I would, one of my dreams would be to make a French film because I, you know, I, French culture is one that I was raised in as well. So I, I very much like this kind of filmmaking, which is also why I just loved working with Netflix because they're very profile is a profile that fits exactly the kind of person that I am. Yeah. I think they're in every country except North Korea. Yeah, and I'm much, sure they so, are. I'm uh, sure that the yeah, North Korean secretly. leader has a VPN <laughs> and is watching the crowd. That's right. <laughs> and the life for, ahead, of course. I, but, I um, didn't want to say it. Yeah. I was just setting it up for you. I didn't want to say it. Right, right. Well, okay, so the first time you directed your mother was in 2002. You made a feature film that she was uh, working with you in. And then again in 2014, a short, which you guys showed. And I was lucky to see, I believe, at the AFI Festival when you both came here. And now, of course, this third time. And I just wonder, what is it like directing Sophia Loren? Are you, when you're on the set, is it... Mrs. Is it Ms. Loren? Is it mom? Is it Sophia? Uh, and then just, you know, does she audition for you? What do you, how does this work? Maybe when we did our first movie, I auditioned for her. That's certain. <laughs> because my mother doesn't right. suffer fools lightly. So, of course, she wasn't going to be directed right. by a fool, even if uh, her son was right. that fool behind the camera. <laughs> so that was going to, you don't become Sophia Loren by just letting yourself be directed by anybody. 
first right, of all. Right, right, right. So, so that's that. But you know, what's, what's you know, it's, uh, it's it, you know, it's, uh, I mean, imagine you directing your mother. You know, it's, uh, and, and, and then that experience going very well. You know, so, so it, it's, it's, it's something that is uh, indescribable. It's something that I think uh, has enriched my soul so much that uh, if I was meant to die at 87, it's, it, it, it added 10 years to my life. And by that, I mean, there is such a telepathic, deep, genetic rapport between us. She so understands exactly what I want from her just by me looking at her or just by me touching her hand. Uh, and I so uh, genetically, hormonally, in every part of my body understand when she hits the authentic note. You know, the problem with Sophia Loren is how talented she is. That's the problem because other directors settle for the average Sophia Loren. And the average Sophia Loren is already way above average. <laughs> but the average Sophia Loren right. isn't what made Sophia Loren. The average Sophia Loren is right. just a version of Sophia Loren. And with me, when we work together, I always try to present her at the height of her powers, at the way that I would want to see her and the way that I know that she can reach. And in, 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 the, in the most authentic version of herself, and that's also why I asked her to perform the movie in Neapolitan, to allow her to truly be all of herself, even with the right vocal tone, because when she speaks English, her voice is slightly higher than when she speaks Italian. And when she speaks Neapolitan, her voice is lower than when she speaks Italian. Wow. So the Neapolitan wow, wow. is really Sophia with an F. Not Sophia with a PH. Wow. It's the Sophia yes, of the before, yes. Yeah. It's it's the Sophia of yeah. the street. It's a Sophia that mm -hmm. suffered war, uh, suffered hunger, had no money. Uh, the real person that, by the way, is always there. Right. Well, and you so anti you perfectly anticipated my next question, which is that in this film, we, she is of course playing a woman who is even in this stage of her life you know, decades and decades after the war, still shaped by, sort of haunted by what happened to her during the war. Now, Sophia Loren did not have the same experience during the war, but she had a pretty bad experience as well. And I wonder if you think that that still shapes the way that she is and if that was something that she could maybe draw upon for this role. You no, know, when she goes to sleep at night, she goes to bed in her queen-size bed in Geneva, but when she wakes up, the first thing she wakes up as is that girl from Pozzuoli. And that's, and that's, by the way, that's her strength. And that comes back to what we talked about in the beginning, where my family never brought glamour into her home. My mother never brought glamour into her heart. She, that's not who she is. And so she is that girl. And so for her to access these things, there's, they're not even around the corner. They're right there as close as you are to me through the monitor. They're because there were such strong experiences, there's experiences that define you, that, that brand you, but in the end, anything that brands you makes you who you are. And my mother had the intelligence and the sensitivity and the heart and the soul never to forget that. Well, in this case, you know, one of the things that 
that uh, is supposedly sort of an unwritten rule of Hollywood is don't work with children or animals. And in this case, you decided to work with a child actor who I believe I think he's playing a 12 year old, but I think he might be a little older, like 14. And that is Ibrahima Gwey. I, I hope yeah, I'm Gwe, pronouncing yeah, it Gwe, right. Yes. Uh, this Seneg he plays a Senegalese orphan here in this film with whom your mother has this unlikely her character has this unlikely relationship. And I just wonder what your experience was not only directing your mother, but directing a child who I don't even know if he knew who Sophia Loren or you or anyone else on that set was, but maybe that was helpful. Well, he did know because he had been five years in Italy. So when he got the role, God knows all the people in Italy who told the, him, who informed him who my mother was. I mean, can you believe, you know, from the time that he got the role to the time when he was on the set was maybe a month or a month and a half or two months. Imagine those 60 days. <laughs> You know, are you, you're right. what you're doing, what you're starring with. Who? It's like <laughs> you, what you're her new leading and man. You're, right, well, hold right. on. It's good. You know, I mean, so it was, you know, so I'm sure. So, 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 you know, there are, I mean, it's, it's a very, it's a very, com, you know, complex and, and layered answer because of course there are a lot of things that one does, but for, you know, first and foremost, what you do is to find a child that has the heart and the soul of the character. And immediately when I met Ibra, I knew that he had that heart and the soul and also that sense of humor. And then knowing my mother, knowing how she is and what a perfectionist she is and what a hard worker she is and, and how prepared she is on set and how precise she is, I, I was hoping that this child that I had picked had the same work ethic. And so I just spoke to him about how he studies at school and everything. And I and from his answers and how, from from how he prepared his audition and from how he conducted himself during the one month boot camp that I put him through to prepare for the movie to give him wow. the tools to be himself. Because I'm not here to change yeah. him. I'm here to give him tools so that right. he can express who he is. By all that, I realized that he had that same work ethic. But, but, but what I also realized is that the chemistry that was formed between these two people, that was, that was something that you can't create, it's something that is just there, was formed because yeah. these two people, just like Madame Rosa and Momo, my mother and Ibra have backgrounds that they can connect with. My mother was also yeah. born as a woman in a, in a working class environment, even less than a working class environment. Yeah. And, and he also yeah. has a family that struggles and a family that is in a difficult situation, like, like so many people nowadays. And mm -hmm. they connected on that level, a, a level that even I don't understand because I did not have that background. And so they had a language by themselves, of themselves, that was also separate from me. And that's wonderful. When, because yeah. I yeah. don't have to create it. It's, I, you know, you, you, you set it up. It's like, a, it's like planting a garden. You set up the seeds, you go to bed, and when you wake up in the morning, you hope that some shoot is there. And, and yeah. shoots were there. Shoots were there every were day. There. Shoots were there every day. Totally. And so, yeah. Well, so speaking, you know, just to the uh, to testament to the fact that they were there, I want to, I want to just note this movie has been out on the on the Netflix service, as we say, around the world for, oh, I guess, about a month now, um, having previously been, even in this weird year, really seen by and loved by critics in a way that 
look, your people have have liked a lot of things that you've done, but I feel like this has got to be very gratifying that in your mother's, the first leading role in a film she's played in over a decade, really like 16 years for a leading role, 11 years for any role in a feature film, to have the response be that she's on the list of the New York Times best performances of the year, that the film is, uh, you know, being raved about by the New York Times and other, a lot of other places. I just wonder, you know, it's got to be an exciting thing for you as well. I guess just take me into your, in this, in this, in this very strange time during which we're speaking to have this happening. What's that like for you? You know, it's, uh, you know, when it happens at, at 47, you're just grateful. You're just grateful. If it happens at 27, you think you're hot shit at 47, (laughs) at 47, you're just grateful. You're just happy because I've been working to get to this level for 20 years. And it certainly was not overnight for me. And to be able to create something that people simply respond to, that people are emotional about, that people are engaged by in a way is just, it's, it's, so, it's so beautiful and it's so gratifying and it's just so touching. And especially, you know, especially in a year like this, you know, in a year of pandemic where the thing that the virus has robbed us of is human connection. You know, to be able to give people an emotional connection to something, it's never as good as having a person connect with you because a person connecting with you is much better than any movie, of course. But having a movie, to be able to be, to be able to provide that connection, to be able to experience people connecting at that level and for people to respond to it the way that you, you say they have responded to it and, 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 and it is true, is just so gratifying and, and so absolutely wonderful. Well, congratulations. And I will note that you should you have the best of both ends because you look 27. So thank you. you. Well, <laughs> no, no. It's easy for you to say it on a podcast because people don't see that I have not one follicle of hair on my scalp. That's OK. That's OK. I, uh, I think you look very youthful and con- and I hope uh, I think this will probably add this this reception to the movie will probably add another 20 years to whatever lifespan it was going to be. Here we before. go. So, I mean, then it's yeah. 115 years. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, thank you again and, uh, and congratulations. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you. And now for my conversation with Sophia Loren. And if you hear some chuckles in the background, those belong to Eduardo Ponti, who was kind enough to stick around in case any of my questions or Ms. Loren's answers required translation. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ms. Loren, thank you so much for doing this. It's an honor to have you on the podcast and, uh, I just want to uh, congratulate you on the movie and tell you I'm excited to talk to you about it. But on this podcast, we start at the beginning. And so I, you know, we always just start by asking where our guest was born and and what their parents did for a living. I think everybody in the whole world knows that you are from Italy, but maybe you can tell us a little bit more about where you were, where in Italy you grew up and uh, and what your parents did. I am from uh, Naples, Naples, and uh, it's a wonderful city, uh, full of colors, full of music, full of songs. I was born uh, near Naples uh, when uh, when the, the war was on, very big, and uh, so we suffered a lot, of course. And when I feel, when I think about that, I feel. Um, very sad because uh, it means that uh, I had not uh, that family anymore because my grandmother is not with us anymore, my mother is not with So many people have disappeared completely. So when I just think about uh, that uh, house of Pozzuoli, which I still remember very well, uh, everything has gone. Also, mm-hmm. my friends at school, you know, it's like life. Life is like this, yeah. unfortunately. So I have a kind of uh, nostalgia about this. But uh, at the same time, when I think about my life, uh, going going back to Rome, where my father was, and we went with my mother many times in Rome for my father, uh, I start to think um, there, there are always sad thoughts, always sad thoughts. But, but in the beginning, when I was in, in, in Rome and I was uh, growing um, like a, a little um, signorina, this, uh, a young woman, a young woman, um, I started to, to, I always wanted to be an actress. Uh, as a matter of fact, even with bombs and everything in Pozzuoli, every time there was a picture, American film, I was there in the, uh, just to see Rita Hayworth and all, all the things. But so uh, this uh, thought about, uh, about uh, being an actress started when I was in Rome because it was uh, very nice uh, just to think about it and to see the beautiful houses, the makeup and the hair. Wonderful. Yeah. I really was dreaming a lot. And, uh, and then, uh, of course, I started to see my family with my mother and my father. But everything was a kind of... Uh, I, 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 I never wanted to live that kind of life because it was something very sad for me. I had another character. I wanted to live, live in the way to work. I wanted to work and have a different kind of... Uh, Family by with not with not for money but for a nice pleasure a nice nice nice. I think it's important that people should understand that you know not only were you growing up during the war where there was 
you know, your family, there was shortage of food and bombing around you and just a lot of a very difficult time. But what maybe was, I think, from what I've read about you, the the most difficult thing was that your father was not there. He was you met him a few times in your life, but he was not a part of your life, not a part of your mother's life. She was this very beautiful woman who could no, have no, been so an that, actress. Sometimes he was part of our lives. It depended if uh. it was good for everybody <laughs> and for me. He was married. Uh, he was married also. He married again, and he had two beautiful sons that I met. Yes. So this left you and your mother in a difficult position now. And she, I think it's important to say, also, a, not surprising, a very beautiful woman who could have done, she even had some offers to come to, she had an opportunity to come to Hollywood, right? Yes, because she looked exactly like Greta Garbo. As a matter of fact, when she was walking outside the house, people were just, just everybody around her, just thinking that she was Greta Garbo. And of course, she had makeup like Greta Garbo, blonde hair like Greta Garbo. She really looked like her. But she never did a, a great thing about it, and she never, she never tried to take the opportunity to be able to go, to go, to go really uh, very soon when she was still very young, uh, quite young and beautiful, to America, which she won a contest for the most beautiful uh, girl that uh, that uh, looked like Greta Garbo. She, she in the streets, everybody just. Uh, finished they were there they wanted an autograph they they were she was wonderful wonderful <laughs> so uh i guess uh maybe because of the fact i don't know if this is the reason but because she did not get to realize her full dreams uh i guess there was a time when you were first becoming a woman where she said sophia my daughter you're going to be in the movies and we are going to go from our little town to, uh, I guess, Rome, where they were shooting Quo Vadis and other movies were increasingly being made there for Hollywood movies. How did you wind up as an extra in movies before you ever had the name Sophia Loren, before anyone knew who you were? I mean, the idea that you were an extra sounds absurd because everybody knows you're a star, but how did that all start? But we went to Rome because we were looking for a job because... We, we had to live our life in a certain, certain way. And I was an extra in Quavares, and my mother too, because we needed the money the, that came a little, little money that came every day because of the work we were doing. No, no, and then uh, uh, just going in the, in the theaters, uh, then I had the opportunity to to meet many people from the movies, I Italian people, and among them it was a, a producer called Carlo Ponte. And mm -hmm. uh, that's a long story. Well, I think uh, before we before we get too into that, I mean, the way you met Carlo Ponte was also was through something else that I think you were encouraged by your mother to do, and rightly so. There were beauty contests, and you were becoming a very beautiful young woman. That was part of my day. One day, the, 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 the money with an extra, 
And then, and, and then tomorrow we go to the uh, because they are doing a beauty contest, and maybe <laughs> you are going to participate in the contest. We had to have a very strict uh, calendar because uh, otherwise, mm -hmm. I mean, we couldn't stay in Rome for a long time. We had to know what we were doing day by day because right. then we had to leave for Pozzuoli because uh, no, no money, nothing. Right. So. How did you're at one of these, I guess you were maybe not even going to participate in one of these beauty contests. I think you were 15 or 16. And then you hear from a gentleman who's maybe almost 22 years older. He's one of the judges. His name is Carlo Ponti. How did you, how did you no, first I met him. I met him in a, in, the, in, a, in a place where they were doing a contest without knowing because I, I wouldn't go just, you know. Uh, and uh, there was uh, una, una, una giuria. A, a jury. And there was a jury where there was Carlo Ponti and uh, I was sitting at the table with my friends uh, that uh, we were dining there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, I received a little card saying, uh, if, you, if you like, you can participate to the contest we are doing because we are doing a Miss Roma. And I said to my friend, uh, a girl and, and, and her boyfriend, I said, what do you think? She said, go, just go, we have fun. Okay, I did go. I did not win. Um, no, but it, it was okay. I didn't, I mean, I was not uh, at all. You were not angry that you weren't No, picked. I was not angry, no. Uh, but I did very, very, very nice because uh, Mr. Ponty took me to the little table by table, just to have a walk, just to have a, just to know each other. He, he, he liked me very much. And, um, and, uh, and then he gave me an address to his bureau where he was working with De Laurentiis, which was another producer. And mm -hmm. uh, we started to speak. So we, 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 we were, you know, like friends, strange friends, because I was a baby. I was 16, 15, <laughs> 16 years old, but he knew, he right. knew, knew everything. Yeah. And, uh, and, then, um, and then a little by little, he was doing many films and uh, he took me as an extra in his films. So we could, with my mother, eat day by day, because otherwise there was nothing. And uh, so that's how I met, uh, I met my husband. Yeah. Now, when he first, I guess pretty soon after that first meeting, he asked you no, to come I for us. I was an extra for for the film that he was making. Same. So every day, every day, yes. I could uh, we could stay fine in mm -hmm. in a place where we could eat. Yeah. Now, I I believe he also early on did a screen test with you, and as hard as this may be for anyone to believe. He and and subsequently other people suggested that you could be even more beautiful if you did certain things to your face. How is that? I can't. It's hard for people to imagine. They mostly the nose. They, they, didn't, they, they, didn't, well, yeah. they did not like my nose, which is still there. It's nice. It's always there. Yeah. Finally, I did not touch it. As, yeah. you, as you can see, I did not touch it. <laughs> uh, otherwise, Thank, uh, I'm glad. I'm no, glad. No, no, it's okay. And so I started doing uh, the, the, this uh, extras, and uh, started to, to 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 meet many people of the movies. And then little by little, you know, my 
my life grew with nice people from the movies, which was my ambiente, come si dice? Uh, your, uh, your uh, circle. My circle, my circle of friends, yes. Yes. So at what point did Sophia Sicolone become <laughs> Sophia... <laughs> become she, so... She, she colone. Chicolone, excuse me, stupid American. <laughs> At what point did Sofia Chicolone become Sofia Lazaro and then Sofia Loren? How did this happen? Later on, there was another producer going on with the, to see the people from the movies. Lombardo. That uh, was, uh, was um, Lombardo. Uh, eh? Lombardo. Ah, Lombardo, yes. Lombardo was another producer. And she was doing a picture uh, on the sea, on the sea. But I told him, I said, it's wonderful, the sea. I come from Naples, but I don't swim. I don't know how to <laughs> swim. But anyway, I learned how to swim. And, uh, and then he said, but we have, because you are going to make this picture, maybe you, people are going to like you. You have to have a name that people, uh, it's for people easy to, to speak. Because she mm -hmm. colonies one, no, not, a, not possible. So I said, <laughs> okay, you try, you try. They were working for, with an actress called, um, I, I don't think she was very, 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 very known in, in Europe, Marta Toren. She was a Swedish, a Swedish actress. Mm -hmm. Marta Toren. He was working with Marta Toren because at the time she was a great, I mean, a great name in, in Italy. And her name was Marta Torren. So I was Sofia. Ma Sofia, Sofia come? Cicolone? No, impossibile. Torren, Torren, Moren, Moren, Loren, 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 Loren. Allora, tu sarai col tuo nome, poi puoi cambiare, uh, you can change, how in Italian? You can, you can change if you want to, Ron, but Marta Torren is Sofia, Sofia invece di Marta. Lauren, Sofia Lauren. And I said, it's okay. Sofia Lauren, anything. <laughs> for me, everything so is this was for Any her. name for me is fine. So that's how I yeah. started. That's how I started my, my, my that's career. Great. That's my career. Not knowing that it was going to be my career. And then I did not know how to swim. I had to <laughs> learn how to swim. Otherwise, I would really, I don't know, die in the water. Oh, man. Well... So this was 1953. That was the movie Africa Under the Seas. Uh, and I, I guess just I want to clarify. I know this sounds crazy because I have seen all of your movies. I've read everything about you. But even I am not certain. And I've been having a fight with people that what is the proper way to pronounce your last name? There are some people that say Lauren. There are some people that say Loren. What is the correct answer? I do like it. Just say it. Lauren, Lauren, Lauren. Lauren, okay. So okay. it depends where you come from. Sometimes they say Lauren, French. They say Lauren, Sophia Lauren. It, it all depends where you come from. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that was in 1953. So was your first really, I think, major part in Aida. But then I think the, the you know real was, turning. You know who was singing in Aida? Renata Tebaldi. 
Okay. Do you know lyrical music? Renata del Valle was the best, best singer for operas. And I was, I was really, I mean, I was in a little room every day, 24 hours if I could, every day, just to learn the opera. Aida, Aida. Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. wonderful, wonderful. And yes. they took me from Aida. They took me from Aida, and that was my first really walk into the... It's too much to say fame. Yeah, yeah. To But have was, a little money and to go to yeah. eat and to stay with my mother happily and to, to have a kind of calm inside of yourself. That's all. Oh, sure. And I think that... So this was all happening in a very short period of time. You, you change your name, you become a known person with Aida, and then maybe the most important thing, you meet a actor-slash-director, Vittorio De Sica, and I wonder if you can just explain how there wasn't, even an, there wasn't even an audition, there wasn't a screen test. How did you wind up working with him in The Gold of Naples, which is really the one that put you on the map for a lot of people? Because I, 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 I went very often in the, in the, in the theaters that... Cinecita. No, in the theater that uh, Carlo Ponti and the and De Laurentiis had to make films in Rome, and uh, De Sica was there because he was talking, uh, he was uh, talking with my husband uh, about another film that he had to do. Uh, by the way, not not yet your husband. No, no, uh, my fiance. But uh, he was doing he was doing a film. Uh, and he was walking on that, really working on that film because it was taken from a great play of Eduardo de Filippo uh, that was a well-known author. And it was called The Gold of Naples. So he, just to think about it, I'm, I could cry. It's, it's, I'm so moved. Uh, and so, um, so he, he saw me in the in the in the theater that uh, where I was, uh, the Carlo, Carlos theaters, and he said uh, to my uh, to Carlo, he said, uh, why why don't we take uh, this girl? I mean, I would like to know her. Just talk to her in, in the office. I, we, is she from Naples? He said, yes, she's from Naples, of course. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I will talk to her. So this was uh, my first encounter with a great man that in the beginning, they taught me just the beginning of uh, how to say something, how to cope with the lines. And of course, and this Vittorio De Sica, he came from Naples, he came from Naples. So uh, we went to do the test and uh, the test was wonderful. The test was wonderful. We spoke in Neapolitan and, uh, and uh, there I was already uh, to do a very nice role in the film, The Gold of Naples. Mm -hmm. he, he taught me uh, what to do. Any, anything that I was touching, I was wrong because I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> so... Um, He really, and the first scene that we had, I was uh, walking in the streets with the, with the pizza and the things and singing and wanting, and it was really wonderful. And when they saw the rushes, they said, well, there she is. And they, everybody was happy because, you know, uh, was very young. I mean, 
16. <laughs> so you can imagine. 16, singing, dancing, and knowing sometimes how to, how to act. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but for us, in, when you are in, in, in Naples, to act means, not, means life. You just talk like you talk in life. So it was easy for me. And it was easy for Vittorio De Sica to teach me the lines that I had to say, because I knew, I knew. It was my house. It was my house. Yes. And so... But, uh, you know, my, the... my life is longer. <laughs> well, uh, the thing with... I... I'm very young, <laughs> but it's long. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the that was one of two very long relationships that began that same year in 1954, I believe, because you would do something like a dozen plus movies with Desica, but you also did, I believe, 14 movies with Marcello Mastriani, who you acted with for the first time in a movie called Too Bad, She's Bad. Uh, how did you wind up together for the first time? Yeah, because I, I, since uh, the Gold of Naples, I started to work every day for a, a different film. And mm -hmm. there was another director called uh, Blasetti, Blasetti. And it's, we, it's with him, with him that I started to make this series of films in Italy, uh, Too Bad She's Bad and other things. You know, it's, it was really, really wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him and um, we came together and... Uh, the public liked, uh, liked us very much, and we did mm -hmm. many films together, one after the other. And yes. since then, we, I mean, more or less, we never stopped, really. The, the really wonderful for me, for me, to, to live the life I really always wanted, yes. Well, I'm going to ask you in a moment about a few of those films that you did with him, but I guess to begin with, though... You became an internationally known person, I think, maybe for the first time when the Gold of Naples screens at Cannes in 1955. You were apparently the most photographed person at the festival. Everybody was wondering who this beautiful and talented young woman is. And then within a year of that, Paramount signed you to a five movie contract and uh and I think a lot of those movies were going to be in Europe, and we'll talk about that. But I think, you know, they still were going to welcome you into the studio family. And so wh what do you remember? Of, how exciting was it to sign with Paramount and then also to go to Hollywood for, I believe, the first time in April of 1957? Well, uh, it was uh, I was very happy, but at the same time as I was... Uh uh, scared to death uh, because uh, in America means when you are there you have to speak English you have to act in English and uh, <laughs> I always said yes 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 but uh, no no I mean, I mean it was impossible because I started to speak really the language a little bit after one film or two films because it was very very difficult well I can I actually can Follow that up by saying when you when you arrived in America for the I believe right at the beginning in in April of 57, Paramount decided to have a dinner to welcome you to the family. This is at Romanoff's and a lot of people were there, including 
a lady by the name of Jane Mansfield. And I wonder, you know, this, of course, resulted in the most famous side eye photo ever. I <laughs> so just every what? day to sign. I receive What's every that? day these pictures to sign. To the sign. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so how did that moment happen? No, because she came last in, in the in the in the ceremony. She came the the, the last person, and she was uh, she had a very little décolleté, uh, <laughs> décolleté, and she she sat at my table. So I said, I was really shocked because I never saw this, a décolleté like this in my life. <laughs> and uh, so I just, uh, I was just looking, uh, making her think that everything was fine. Because what could I, what could I do? Nothing I could do. And they were you were there, a little worried they for there, her. Uh, they were there, Cary Grant, they were there. Uh, the whole cinema in uh, in uh, in in America. In, uh, yes. yes. Yeah. It was a little bit. Uh, I was a little bit shy for that for her. But it it seemed at that time that uh, you could have done something like that in America in Hollywood. But I don't know. <laughs> I come from Pozzuoli, Naples. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> Impossible. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you then began these uh, a number of these movies that were in English but shot in Europe. Boy on a Dolphin is in Greece. The Pride and the Passion is in Spain. It started in Naples with with Clark Gable was in Italy. Um, but I think the the thing that you've been asked a lot about, and it's it certainly was a major dilemma, I think, in your life at that moment, was you were not yet married to Carlo Ponti because it was not yet possible to be. And here you are working first on The Pride and the Passion with Cary Grant, who one of the most desirable, handsome men in the world, right? Uh, now, he was even more advanced in age than Carlo Ponti. I think he was about 30 years older than you. But you two became... No, not 30. Very, very, very close. Yeah. I think you, uh, you became close and now you had to decide what to do. And I wonder, and I think that your decision then impacted the next movie you had to do with Cary Grant, which was Houseboat. So just take us back, if you can, for a moment to that turning point in your life, because you had a big decision to make. Uh, Scott, bear in mind, I'm right next to her. <laughs> so let's, you know, the, her answer will be tempered by my presence. <laughs> But you know, uh, I am Italian, and mostly I am Neapolitan. I mean, uh, uh, the presence of of a man like Cary Grant—it's it's wonderful because he was really very handsome, and uh, he was uh, a nice person, and uh, and he taught me also nice English. But uh, for what concerns the the life, uh, the the private life, it's something else that I said to myself. I should not look at because otherwise things are going to be very difficult. So I had my chance to have a wonderful person in Italy called Carlo, and uh, I was going to stick with him because because that's what I wanted really, and not really to have my life all over the world. And, and I didn't want to be mixed up with so many things. No, he taught me the lines in English, everything but nicely, yes. friendly, friendly, yes. 
Escribido. <laughs> That's the temporary so, part, Scott. That's because I'm There here. we go. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the thing that made this inter extra interesting is that you had the kind of uh, beginning of the relationship with Cary Grant during the Pride and the Passion, which is 1957. Then you get married by proxy to Carlo Ponti, and then you have to go and finish Houseboat in 1958. Now, Houseboat is a movie that a lot of people know and love, but they might not know that there was all of this drama behind the scenes. Well, it's better, so we, we are calm and <laughs> tranquil. It's much better. I mean, why, why, why mix up things that have nothing to do with the story of a houseboat? Why? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, now I think, were you, were you frustrated by the opportunities that you were being given in America? Did you feel that, you know, maybe the way that I can advance myself as an actress and not sort of be, some people see me as a sex symbol or a sex pot, but I'm an actress. And the way to show that is to go back to Italy. Was that the reason you went back and did the movie Two Women? No, 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 no. In America, they, they well, they, they thought about sex, but uh, there was nothing that uh, con concerned me really, even though I was uh, very young and uh, quite beautiful and this and that. But uh, if you if you don't uh, you don't treat your life in a way that is uh, very very tranquil, very you know what to do with your life. You don't mix up with other things. Otherwise, you get so crazy that you don't know anything about yourself and what you give to your own family also, to your mother. It's impossible. So, I mean, I knew that Carlo was going to be, if it was possible, somebody beside me all the time. So that's what I was always looking and I always had in my mind because you cannot, you know, cannot go with your mind here, there, 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 then, then you're even crazy. But I guess what, so what was it that made you decide after these first Hollywood movies, I'm going to make a movie now again in Italy, my first movie back in Italy, it's going to be in Italian and it's going to be two women, uh, you know, that you didn't have to go back and do another film in Italy or in Italian. Why was that a movie that you did? Because I wanted to be an actress and that that would give me the, 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 the feeling of going on a good path and to do really a, a master of my for my career already being so young. And I was right. I left everything and I went back to Italy because I wanted to do the, the, this film. Because I wanted to do badly this film because I knew the story. I loved the story. Carlo was with me and uh, De Sica, De Sica, De Sica, the name of De Sica said, no, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. De Sica is there, I am going. But I think we should remind people this started out with the director was going to be George Cukor and the star, the woman playing the mother, was going to be Anna Magnani. How did it wind up with De Sica and Lorraine instead? Oh, I have this. I have no idea because it's a question of the production. I have no idea at all. No idea at all. I knew, I knew that the 
The film was given to Anna Magnani because the director, Vittorio De Sica, wanted to have Anna Magnani because it, she was the, also the age of the, uh, the, the leader. Uh, so uh, he was there and when she, when she, she asked who was going to be the daughter, uh, De Sica said, well, she, she, there is a very young girl that we like very much and also uh, Carlo Ponti likes and she is Sofia Loren. Says, oh, okay, okay. And so she said, well, I have to think about it. And um, so she decided not to do it. And when she decided not to do it, the seeker said, what are we going to do? Because the, 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 the leader of the, she's 24, 25, Sophia is very young. So, so they, they said, well, we are, uh, we, we are going to do something with makeup and things. And of course, the daughter is going to be younger. So the daughter yes. was about 15, 14, 15, and so Sophia is going to be the mother. Let's 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 try that. So it's okay. In, in Italy, they do these kind of things with, because everything <laughs> uh, thinks that they are crazy. But no, no, I won the Oscar for it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I guess you know if there's one scene that really kind of captures the magnificence of that performance, you know which one I'm gonna. Bring up. This yes. is after the, the terrible rape. The yeah, with the of course. yes, and you and know with we the did song. that. I always remember because I was I was very worried because of uh, uh, it was a difficult scene, a difficult scene after the the car, the, the stone and everything was very difficult. So I said, uh, well, no, no, we'll do it. We'll do it. We try. We do it. We do it once. We did it once. And after we had done it, uh, De Sica, he was in a little, uh, in a little place near the, 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 the herbs because he had to shoot this way, like on the street. And I said to myself, Madonna, he's going away. Maybe he didn't like to see. What, do I, what, am I, what am I going to do? I was crying already. And he said, no, 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 no. What? No, 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 no. Let's do it again. Why? We have the time. There's the sun. Everything is okay. No, 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 no. I said, why? Because you will never do it as well as you did. Wow. wow we do wow. it once and that's finished. I didn't sleep all night thinking we could have done it again tomorrow. <laughs> Always. Always. Incredible. Wow. Incredible. Yes, yes. Well, so... I wonder if you can tell me about somebody who is sort of may, maybe sadly a little bit forgotten, but somebody named Joseph E. Levine, who I think really was helpful in bringing this movie to America and uh, raising its profile to help. I mean, your performance uh, was definitely Oscar worthy, but there had never been a movie not in the English language that had won an acting Oscar. So it needed somebody to help raise the profile. And I wonder if you can... Talk a little bit about Joseph E. Levine. I don't know, because I really don't know him, because he was always with my husband, but he adored the Italian movies. Uh, I know that he did a great job with, uh, with the publicity of uh, La Cesara. I know that he loved the film very much, and uh, he was uh, very, very close to us to be able to, to have this opportunity just to, to be in the... In the be embraced by the American um, people that uh, gave the, the, the prize. I don't know. Yeah. 
So after winning the Oscar, you're one of the biggest box office stars in the world. Uh, you are doing some uh, English language movies that are very widely seen, very liked uh, with Anthony Mann, the director. There's El Cid and The Fall of the Roman Empire with Paul Newman, Lady L, with Gregory Peck, Arabesque. This is all within a very short period of time. But at the same time, you were having a really a truly international career, unlike anybody had had before, where you're also going back and doing films in Italian. Uh, and that's why I want to mention that, again, in this same period, uh, a few of these that people most loved and remembered you and Mastriani together in, starting with Yesterday, Today and Tomorrow in 1963, this is a three-part anthology series for our listeners to remind them. And in the third part, uh, it is the most famous part because you and he, you're playing a, uh, a, pro a high-end uh, prostitute. He is playing a client, and there is this incredible striptease. <laughs> and I just wonder, uh, did yes, you know? Yes, today, today, and tomorrow. Yes, yes. today, today, and, and tomorrow. Yes. And so in the moment, did you know that you had something that was a really special scene? Was it comfortable for you to do or was it uncomfortable? Just take us back to making that scene. But I, uh, I don't know, because it, it was uh, the scene of the it was the scene of the film. But the, 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 the funniest thing was uh, the direction of Vittorio De Sica, because this <laughs> Vittorio De Sica. Instead of sitting down and just look at Marcello doing it, uh, maybe he was doing it wrong for him, for De Sica. Then he said, just wait a moment, I will do it for you, and you will see what to do. So he <laughs> did, he did the scene that Marcello does in the film. That Marcello does it the way that he did it when he was <laughs> rehearsing with him. You can imagine what he did. He was, he was wonderful, De Sica. <laughs> Wonderful, incredible, because he had he had the the, the right time. He, he was an artist, the Zika, and yeah. he was funny, and he enjoyed so much working. He enjoyed so much acting. He was incredible, really incredible. And Marcello did it. Yes, Marcello did it wonderfully, repeating what he was doing before. And uh, it was a great success, that film. Very, really wonderful picture and fun, fun to do, fun to do, a lot. So that movie wins the foreign language film Oscar, and everybody wants to see more of you and Mastriani together again. And you, I believe, were the one who suggested marriage Italian style for a year later, right? Yes, yes. From, uh, from a Neapolitan comedy, uh, yes, a Neapolitan comedy, very important comedy that uh, Eduardo De Filippo did, yes, absolutely. And so that was your second Oscar nomination. And then uh, years later, this was now 13 years after that, you and Mastriani again, but not with De Sica this time, in A Special Day, which a lot of people think is one of your best performances. And in fact, I want to read, the, the New York Times Review called it quote, movie acting at its best, close quote. This is you and he are neighbors who meet on a day when Hitler is in visiting Mussolini. It's 1938. And this is a woman, unlike a lot of them that you were being asked to play, who was 
a little bit older, not glamorous. And yet you have said that, quote, I feel much closer to Antonietta than any role I played in films. Maybe that changed later on. But why was that a special role to you? If you go on, I'm going to cry. Really? Yeah, I'm very, very moved because, you know, um, even there, the director, I don't think he wanted me for the role. And so Carlo was there with me and uh, he was listening and uh, then he said, well, uh, then we don't do the film. You know, if, if something is so strong, because why, why? I, am, I was a nice actress, I was the role, I could have done a very good uh, role in the film. Why, it's a capriccio? Is it a whim? What? A, a whim. It's a whim? So, I mean, he knew very well that if he didn't take me, the film was not going to be done. So he did. And he said, thank you, Sophia, because you were wonderful in the role. What's wonderful. Wow. Wow. So you... Uh... Of course, I embraced him. I embraced him. Yeah. He was a nice guy and a wonderful director. That's why I wanted to work with him. Yes. yes great, yes. great director. And of course, with Marcello, let's not talk about it. Yes, yes. Well, so the I just want to mention a few of the other directors that you've worked with, and then we will talk about this latest great performance. But just if you can talk about, I mean, you you were in Charlie Chaplin's last movie. This was A Countess from Hong Kong, you and Marlon Brando. Uh, it wasn't the best reviewed of all of your movies, but it was still, it must have been pretty surreal to be making a film with Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, the last one, yeah. Mm -hmm. What a career. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. I mean, I, mean I, I cannot speak about uh, Charlie Chaplin because uh, he was a wonderful person. He was a great artist. It's not up to me to say. And we had a wonderful time with him. He was funny. He was... Uh, really great he was uh, very charming very he had always on the set his wife and uh, um, it's um it's uh he's um i cannot forget him i cannot forget him to to really to i mean i had a wonderful time with him yes marlon brando was maybe a little less charming right i was okay <laughs> He liked very much uh, the, the gelato, which ice is cream. ice cream. <laughs> but when when he had to act, he was a wonderful. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. kidding. He was a wonderful actor and a wonderful face and a wonderful, wonderful person. Wonderful. A little, a little hard, but uh, at the end, uh, when you know, when you know if he has something that is not, then you like him a lot completely because right. because his his acting was absolutely even in comedies was wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Many years after that, in 1994, which was 30 years exactly after, um, or, or sorry, 29 many, years too after many years, you, you get mixed up. Too many years. <laughs> Too many years. <laughs> you get mixed up here and there. Well, this is important to say, though, because this is now, it's 1994. That is 31 years after Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. And Robert Altman gets you and Marcello back together for one last movie together, Preda Porter. 
and you are asked, or I think it may have even been your idea to do a kind of a joke playing on the strip tease from yesterday. His, his idea, his idea. It, it was Robert Altman. Marcello liked it very much because he was enjoying it so much to be so old and, and to do that scene that was a parody of the film that we had done together. And he loved very much the idea. Yes, it was also um, Marcello, Marcello's mind with the director. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And we should just remind people that the the joke here was that unlike in yesterday, today, and tomorrow, where he was slobbering over you, now he's now he's snoring during the strip tease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so second to last movie I want to talk about is Nine because this was until the life ahead. The last time we saw you in a feature film, it's with a director who I know you are very fond of, Rob Marshall, and it's one of the greatest casts ever assembled. You are playing the mother of Daniel Day-Lewis. This is a sort of a play on the Fellini movie Eight and a Half. And I just wonder what that experience was like for you there. For me, it was a wonderful experience to to work with this director. I I liked him very much. And, uh, you know, it's like every film you do. You you try to, to make the best you can. Uh, I I don't know what the destiny of this film has been later on when it came out of this, I don't know. But uh, it was, for me, a great, great moment when I was working with uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. I think he's such a great actor. I don't know why he stopped working. I know, it's crazy, right? I don't know, I mean... Give him a call. Tell him no, no retirement. It's not a good thing to retire. I'm not, I'm not so close to him as to call him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. No. So another thing, though, that that film makes me wonder. So that movie nine is based on or inspired by eight and a half, which is Fellini, who you presented an honorary Oscar to in 1993, two years after you got one. And yet you and Fellini never worked together. What's that about? Maybe he didn't like me. No. <laughs> I heard that there was something at the end of his life where he wanted to, he was planning to do something with you. I don't know. Maybe it was too late <laughs> because yeah. he's not yeah. with us anymore. No, I don't know. I don't know. But I went to see him always on the, when he was working with, Marcello was there. So I, I wanted to see Marcello working with uh, with Fellini because I felt a kind of, uh, I want, I wanted to see what was happening between yeah. them both. Yes. Wow. But, so you uh, were there for eight and a half. No, I was not there, but I, I, uh, I went there not very often, but two or three times. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So why was it 11 years until we got to see you in a feature film again and 16 years since uh, you were the lead of one. Now we finally, thank God we have the life ahead. You're so great in it. And I'm going to ask you about uh, all about it. But just these last few years, was it a choice to sort of just wait for a great, another great role to come along? Or were you thinking you were retired or what were the, why, why has it been so long since we got to see you in a movie? Uh, because uh, suddenly I woke up and I said to myself, yes, I'm uh, going here and there, here and there, but my family, I forget about my family. I don't see my family. I don't see the children that uh, they have. I don't, I don't see anything of the life that I was trying to build around me. 
So I stopped because uh, because of this, because of this, and I was with uh, with their, in their houses many many times, and I was with them all the time, all the time because. Uh, uh, I wanted to know what I had done with my my my, my intimate life, uh, yes. because when you make a film, you have to do what you have to do, and you you cannot think about uh, something else. But children are children, sons are sons. So I stopped, but I didn't know it was getting so long. Just now coming back here, it was uh, everybody. That's been so long. Uh, I see. I said, yeah, my life is so long. <laughs> and only well, now I realized because uh, I, I, I think I needed time for myself and for my yes. life that I was trying to build around me. Otherwise, sure. what do you live for? For just for working? Right. No, yes, it's certainly it's possible, uh, but, but it's better not not to. It's better to do any anything at the right, right time. You know. So um, when Eduardo came to me, uh, I was uh, uh, with the children. I was uh, in America, maybe some, somewhere. And uh, he said, well, I received, I, I have this book. And he spoke to me about uh, the, the story that he, was, uh, that he wanted to do. And I said, let me read it. When I read it, I said, well, I think that my license is finished. I think I'm going to go back again with my work because this story is really worth uh, everything that, uh, that I could, could think about in my career. And so I really, I said, well, let give me the book. I read it. I was enchanted by it. And, uh, and uh, here I am. Here I am. Well, so in a moment, I'm going to ask you about working with your son. But first, I want to ask you about why this this story. You've said that the character you play reminds you of your own mother. I am thinking watching it, it sort of makes me wonder if there's certain things, though, about your own life that you can tap into. I mean, you also are you were very shaped by growing up during the war, you didn't go through the Holocaust, but you had a very difficult time yourself. Uh, and this woman, even all those decades later, is still kind of shaped by, sort of haunted by what she experienced as a young girl. Uh, could you relate to her in that way? Or is that just me imagining things? Well, for me, if you talk about uh, life and if you talk about the war, uh, it's uh, if you have lived through that kind of a life at that time, you will never forget it. So uh, it reminds me of so many things. It reminds me of grandmother, of my mother. And sometimes when I think about it, I can cry. I can cry right away because uh, it's something that you will never, never forget in your life. So uh, I was very pleased to have the opportunity to do this story because it's a beautiful story. The role for me, for my age, huh? 85, 86, mm. uh, 86, mm. not 85, mm. okay, 85. Shh, we, we don't have to tell anyone. <laughs> 85, so it's really something that is very close to me and uh, uh, every day I, I went to to the, the makeup room. Uh, uh, I am uh, really very, very 
said that it's finished, that now the film is done and now it's given to, to so many people. And uh, it's really a beautiful story. And I had the opportunity to have a wonderful role. And uh, I am very happy for what I decided in my life to do. And, uh, yeah. and I love my children and I love Eduardo as a director. Were you surprised when Eduardo told you as a young, uh, even younger man that he wanted to become a director? Did that surprise you or were you, did you realize that was his path? Se eri sorpresa quando, quando ero giovane che ti ho detto che volevo diventare regista? No, because I already knew since he was born that he was tough. He was somebody <laughs> that when, he, when he, he thought of something, especially of his dreams, it has to come, it had to come. So I just shut up and I said, it's okay, it's okay. Yes, we'll do it, we'll do it. You will do it. You, you, you are fine. Yes, yes, yes. And he did. He did wonderful things with me, with me, wonderful things. Especially, well, yes, especially the... The human voice. Eh? The human voice. Especially... Yeah, the, yeah well, 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 don't talk about this one because this is a masterpiece. Well, so there. this is the third time you guys are working together. In 2002, there was the feature movie Between Strangers. In 2014, there's the short film The Human Voice. But this one is uh, being received like a masterpiece on a different level. And I just wonder, yeah, what? so what is it like for you to be directed by your son? Is that, that's got to be in a, a, a sort of strange experience. Why? Not in a bad way, not in a bad way, in a good way, but I mean, it's different than anything else, right? It's wonderful because uh, we know each other so well that uh, it's enough uh, look that uh, makes me unhappy or makes me very, very happy. It's, uh, it's wonderful. It's really something that uh, grows in the family. It's wonderful that I know uh, he's a man that I know. I know his looks. I know his way of acting. And I know his way of working. It's it's a joy for me to work with him. You shouldn't tell Did him, it? though. What's that? You What's should that? not tell him. So. <laughs> um, okay, so does it also feel sort of like life has come full circle? Because here, you know, the movie that you won your Oscar for... 60 years ago was you with a child actor who you are protecting and uh, kind of guiding. This is right in two women with El Eleonora Brown with the young girl here. It's a young boy who you have this very special screen relationship with. And it's obviously it's a different time. It's, you know, a different kind of story. It's great. You have a uh, trans performer in the movie. You have all different kinds. It's a very 21st century movie. But I wonder, you know, at this time in your life to, to be working with this young man, the Ibrahima, um, just, uh, you know, what that's like to have a, a young co-star and kind of be able to share maybe some of the lessons that you've learned from a very long and successful career. He was a wonderful um, guy to, to work with. He, he is very keen about acting. He's very keen to listen. He's very keen about doing good things. And he really acted like a grown-up. He was uh, very, very 
he was very focused on the role, like a grown-up, and it was uh, really... Sometimes, uh, you know, I was asking him, well, would you like to be a, an actor tomorrow? You are, already, you are already an actor. He said, no, 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 I'm going to be very good. This is nothing for, for what I can do. You can imagine wow. a very young boy to speak like this. I think he has nice dreams, good dreams that really are going to be there. And when yeah. he grows, I think he wants to be an actor. I think so. I think so. That's yeah. great. Well, people are loving the movie and I, I think it's great. And I wonder if for our last minute, if I can just ask you the first thing that comes to your mind about a, a few things. Um, and then we, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll end there. But just what age do you feel? 16. 16. Uh, do you prefer being around people your own age or younger? In the middle. In the middle. <laughs> uh, what, what role do you most wish you had gotten to play that you didn't? Is there a role that got away? Uh, so, uh, a film that um, was given to me to do from a great uh, director, che si chiamava the Luchino Visconti. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a role of a nun in a book, in a, in a great book, a great book of an author that is not with us anymore called Manzoni. Mm-hmm. We were ready to start shooting, but one day something went wrong and another director in Italy started the film not with the same script, but with his own script. He, they just, they robbed the, the story and they did the film, which was a big flop. Mm-hmm. And I was very happy. I always thought it was going to be the, 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 the story, the film of my life, because also wow. the director was a wonderful director, was a, one of the best yeah. we had in Italy, Visconti. Yes. Visconti. Yes. yes, yeah. Who, in your opinion, is the most beautiful actress in the movies other than Sophia Loren? Betty Davis. Betty Davis. Betty? See? Really? Betty Davis. Dramatic films, yes. I love this. But, but in terms of beauty? Beauty, beauty. Who, who ah, was for beauty. you? Yeah, who was for you? Rita Hayworth. I know, Rita Hayworth. Beauty. I didn't understand beauty, yes. Rita Hayworth, yeah. Rita Hayworth, yeah. How has COVID affected your life? Let's not talk about it. It's too upsetting. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mamma yeah. mia. Non posso. Will you star in another movie? Yeah, why not? Yeah, well, I, I just want to make sure. we. I don't, don't make us... It's like <laughs> you are afraid to ask. Okay. Why? No, well, don't, don't make us wait 11 more years. No, but that's <laughs> very, no, 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 no. I'm not, I mean, I'm not uh, nervous. No. So if you could go back in time and change anything... Would you? No, I'm fine the, the way I am. I'm fine for the age I have. Uh, I've had my life. I'm having my life. It's okay. Well, thank you. I adore you and your movies, and I can't thank you enough for doing this. I hope it wasn't too painful. And uh... I like you. <laughs> I like you a lot. Let's do it again. Awesome. Well, thank you, and thank <laughs> thank Eduardo, and enjoy all the acclaim. This is uh, this is really. 
I know a special thing that so many people are loving this movie, and I hope you yes, feel very always. proud. I'm very, very happy. Very happy. Yes, yes. All right. Well, stay safe, and thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much for tuning in to Awards Chatter. We really appreciate you taking the time to do that and would really appreciate you taking a minute more to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your podcast app and to leave us a rating as well. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach me via Twitter at twitter.com slash Scott Feinberg. And you can follow all of my coverage between episodes at thr.com slash the race. Until next time, thanks for joining us. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.